Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Oh, one. What's up, y'all? Kofi Kingston here, and I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks, depending on what that drink is, preferably non-alcoholic, you know? How's it going? I'm the Celtic Warrior, Seamus. Wardlow here. Soda. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. I would love to have a drink with Wrestling on the Rocks. Maple syrup. Let's pour another glass real quick for Fans First Sports Network and say cheers to them for keeping the lights on over here in the dive bar of the IWC. Cheers. Another drink. With your drinking buddies. Guys, dude, let's talk SmackDown. Let's talk what happened on SmackDown because this SmackDown felt like uh, felt like a lot. Uh, I mean, it opened up with Kevin Owens and Santos, right? Yeah, I'm not wrong on that. Mm-hmm. I think they got right into talking. it. Yeah, they got right into it. Did I miss something? Santos came out with Angel and Humberto. They haven't done any promo anywhere together, right? He just suddenly had them. Correct. They came in for help with the hoodies up, and that was it. Yes. And then LWA came in and uh, LWO came in and attacked Angel and Humberto. I thought the use of them here was actually pretty cool, but I did wish that there was something. Even if like, you know, sometimes they're walking out and they show a little video package from earlier in the day, like a little, just a little promo in the corner. If he had had that and said, uh, you know, you think you guys are my only 
hermanos and just like i called in some help because i don't trust you guys you guys never looked out for me like they're going to you know what i mean like it would make sense so this time he came out and it was just all like oh he's got two other latinos like <laughs> it felt a little <laughs> bit forced in that sense where i wish yeah. he had talked about it on the flip side as much as we've been critical and i do think it's always easy and lazy to say oh like for like, hey, where can we get some more luchadors? Could we get some more Mexicans over there? The same as right. when Kari Sane came back, everyone said, Oh, can we finally put her back with Asuka? Now you can have Asuka Eo and, and Kari together. It's like, okay, but do we have to always pair like for like? That feels a little forced and a little biased at times. Uh even like we're saying, Jade Cargill coming in and everyone says, Can't wait for her against Bianca. There's right. a lot of other women on the roster we could also say. Not that it will be a bad match, but that we're no, going for sure. like for like in a way that feels a little forced and a little biased in a way, right? So I just thought they could have had a little story other than that. However, Angel and Humberto are fucking solid. They're good to go. They've been killing it in NXT. I just wish we added a little flavor to it other than just, and now we have two more Mexicans. You know what I mean? Yeah, they, they may have done the social media post and it, it didn't get to me. You know, but I I don't remember them explaining it. Um, I I agree with you. I think Angel and Umberto, they've always been great. They just they lacked what Santos has, right? That mm-hmm. certain charisma that Santos has to to be oh, fuck man, ethnic on TV. You know, it's kind of the best yeah. way I can say it. I mean it with the best intentions, but you know, there's again there's a palatability, there's a translatability that we talk about with all non-american english-speaking people right like becky lynch to piper niven to whoever you know and and um latinos as well so um i like it as i agree with you i do like it but it is it is forced and the one thing i definitely didn't like was lwo coming out i know they have unfinished business with santos but they just had an awesome match on nxt that it's like okay so this is just the dip dip your toes, dip your toes, dip your toes. I'd rather them just stay on NXT, go in the Dusty Cup, which is just happening now. Like, mm-hmm. you know, continue the, the NXT because they were hot. As soon as LWO hit in NXT, that shit was hot. And that's the type of energy that good NXT has. And it's just not the same LWO without Santos on the main roster. So tell your story, do your thing. There's probably heat there with Carlito as well to do a three-on-three Legato versus LWO. But do we need it? Would you you rather see the growth of this new Legato without LWO, especially until Ray gets back, just let it do its thing and just keep these LWO guys away? You know, that's kind of how I felt. Yeah, I felt like it was forced and weird too because even then when LWO came out and attacked them, it was kind of like, they're just there. Like they haven't done anything. They haven't even right. said they didn't any do anything. Yeah. yeah. And they, they're yeah. not the ones that beat them down. Yeah. yeah. Nothing to do with any of this. You just attacked them. So it was a little weird and a little hot shoddy in a way that just didn't make sense to me. And, and I look forward to where it gets, you know, more so than where we started. Cause this was a rough start on it. Yeah. Uh, Kevin Owens won against Santos. You know what I said at what episode one when they first started it, this feels like a whole mechanism just to get Kevin Owens versus Logan Paul at the Rumble or Mania or something. Yep. But I told you at the time, and I still feel that way in this moment. I really wish they'd use this to catapult Carmelo. I really wish that Milo won this whole tournament and now you got a Logan Paul thing. Except the whole problem is that the entire time this tournament's been going on, 
Logan Paul's been cutting promos on Kevin Owens and only Kevin Owens. Yeah. So it's kind of telegraphed in a way where it, I looked away from this match a lot. These are two incredible guys. I like both of them a lot. Two of my favorites. But I knew what was happening here. That's fair. Logan Paul came out to talk shit on Kevin Owens again. And I was all like, all right, so we just have to get to where Kevin Owens wins this match. And that's what it felt like. I was watching a match waiting for the end because it just was telegraphed so far out. Uh, to me personally, as good as those two guys are, and I'm sure it was a great match, and I, I did watch good chunks of it, and they're impressive. Uh, Kevin Owens uh, punched out Logan Paul, and Logan Paul sold the hell out of it. And I like that. Yeah, and I liked um, all Logan Paul's expressions on commentary. You know, he was trying to talk shit, and then Kevin Owens would do a dope move, and he go, um, uh-oh, I'm in mm-hmm. for some serious business. So, again, Logan Paul has just proven that he's he's built for this, man. He does a great job everywhere everywhere he touches in WWE. Some of his promos are a little tight. Um, you know, they, they can use some, some polishing for WWE verbiage you know how Mm -hmm. things are laid out a little bit better you know like you talk about nia Jax, right this is how you promo he has Mm -hmm. a better cadence than that but his um his emphasis and how he gets to where he's going you know is a little choppy but other than that he's fucking perfect you know like you said he sold the hell out of that punch from kevin owens um they emphasize that was at the cast so like the reason for the one punch knockout like it's all making sense um but i definitely agree with you you know making a rising star out of mellow and getting rid of that trick storyline that we talked about on episode one would be great. Um, it just doesn't seem like that's the time right now. It kind of made the tournament feel pointless to me. Yeah. We didn't accomplish anything in it. What what happened in this whole tournament? Who got over besides Kevin Owens getting his match at Rumble against Logan Paul? You even added members to Santos's crew, and you didn't even get them over. You didn't even get right. them a story. Like that's what I mean. This whole tournament was pointless yeah because no one, one week, got over yeah and it, this again i think this is triple h thinking too hard because one week angel and umberto take out the street profits so santos can win then the lwo comes back takes out angel and umberto to help santos lose and then bobby and the street profits come out and then the guy bobby beat comes out with two members to beat up Bobby and the Street Profits. Like, I get it. If we want to do what they you want to be AEW fans real quick, dude, Triple H is interweaving all these fucking crazy stories. This shit is awesome. Everyone's getting time on TV. This is incredible. Well, it's not. It's falling flat because nothing's happening except you hit me, so I hit you. You beat me, so I beat you. It's just tit for tat and convoluted as opposed to actually telling a story. Yeah, it's a little less competitive and a little more Marvel in that sense. Mm-hmm where marvel fights is always well i don't like you because you're the bad guy right you're in you're in this group i'm in that group so we hate each other all the time right where in wrestling a lot of times you know well i just wasn't a better man tonight right or or i'm gonna get my win over you eventually right like there's there's a competitive nature to i'm good at this and you're also good at this where a lot of this just feels like you said punch for punch but but it's even it, it's le- honestly it's less it's tit for tat like it's not even punch for punch really like it's it's just so it's so childish I, I I didn't mean to like diminish what you were saying it's just I just don't even think it's that fucking effective as punch for punch you know like it's just it seems so fucking childish it just doesn't it, it makes zero sense yeah. zero sense yeah 
I got whiskey stones now. Nice. I've always kind of wanted some. These Better ones than are kidney um, stones. <laughs> I mean, I might have those too. <laughs> Everything hurts, you know. <laughs> um, what kind are they? Are they uh, are they squares or marbles? Oh, okay, they're big spheres. Like, and they're like, yeah, I think they are marble. Now you mention it. Yeah, they're pretty neat, man. I don't hate them. Do not. I've hate had them. I've had dice rocks. So like the size of a dice, I've had those, and I've had um, <laughs> I've had Miz style tiny balls, yeah, that were like I would say like double size marble, yeah. you know, not marble size, but maybe twice the size of a marble. I've had those, and they just never keep the cool long enough for me. So something bigger might uh, might do it. Yeah, that was one of the deals that we talked about with them. Sam, I mean, you can even see the marble. Oh in yeah, there. yeah. Yep. I'm trying not to spill it, but I mean, it's also a ball, so it's not going to stay in one place. Right. Right. But um, <laughs> that was one of the things too. I don't think that for me, the, the interesting bit is, uh, I don't think it keeps it cold long enough, but also at the same time, like when I'm having it, I'll throw a little splash of water just cause I'm not icing it down. Right. Uh, it makes you want to take longer to sip it when it's got the rocks. Right. Where other times with like ice and stuff, you just want to drink it faster. And so like, I feel like it's this weird uh, cause and effect where it's like, well, I have the rock, so now I'm going to drink it slower. But the rock doesn't seem to keep cold as long, so I kind of need to drink it a little faster. Which is why having something like this particular Irish whiskey, this busker, uh, is nice. Because even as it gets warm, it's that it doesn't get harsher. Like, it's still very smooth. So, um, uh, whatever. Hey, talking about what you were talking about there, at the end of this whole schmoz, you do end up with the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley coming out. Um, wait, that was a little bit different. They came out and cut a promo. Yeah. yeah. Bobby Lashley yeah. and uh, Street Profits. So I want to ask you, so obviously by the end of this, they're baby faces. During the promo, they're trying to solidify that they're baby faces. Montez Ford is still acting like a total clown. Yeah, Dawkins too. I Do you think they function better as baby faces if that's how they're behaving i don't think it works either way if that's how they're behaving yeah yeah i agree with you we, we've talked about them in nauseam right like they what they have in athleticism and charisma they lack in discipline and attention to detail you know that you're you're wearing a suit stop stirring the pot you know like quit quit being over athletic while you're wearing a suit tone down the mannerisms <clears throat> you don't you know it's just they yeah I, I i wish they steered into the seriousness and they just never did they don't but as baby faces do you think that it do you think it still works no no because it's <clears throat> if if you're gonna baby face and because it's it's the movement in the suit that doesn't make sense because if you're going to stand next to Bobby and be this, whatever it is, right? Bodyguards, uh, lieutenants to mob bosses, um, you know, uh, any type of security, FBI agents, right? The guys standing behind the one up front, what do they do every single time in all actions? Stormtroopers behind Darth Vader, right? What do they do? They fucking stand still until they're ready to go. And these yeah. guys come out in suits, jumping around, doing all the shit that still babyface or not does not translate to the demeanor that your your suit is representing. If they want to be the boys from uh, Dalton Castle, right, 
or yeah. they want to be. Um, I mean, even Reggie does it now without the mud. He doesn't come out flipping around and doing his circular circular shit. He's he's being intimidating behind these two big guys. And when he walks through them, he doesn't do it like a fucking clown. So because they keep these mannerisms, they're not presenting a demeanor that fits the suits. That's true. I, I think you're right. Even as baby faces, they don't have to be clowns. It's. I was just hoping that like, cause I'd see a ton of people and I've heard a ton of people talk about how people just want to cheer for them. They love them. Um, I just don't feel that way. I just find them so obnoxious that I, I get that that's a personal bias. Uh, but uh, I was hoping it worked in a way. Uh, it just annoys me. Everything he does. Like you said, because Bobby's presence is what it is. I've seen people try to blame uh, Bobby. Um, that's funny. Sorry. I'm getting a ton of message about a thing. I'm trying to fix it as fast as I can, but. I've seen people trying to blame Bobby as a charisma sucker and that he is so non-charismatic that the street profits aren't getting a response, but I'm seeing the opposite. Bobby Correct. gets a big response. The street profits do not because what they do doesn't do a thing that adults like yes. or even kids, right? You respond in a way that is so obnoxious and childish that you're only going to get certain people. You're not going to get a lot. You know what I mean? Like even when they yeah. come out and start doing the the thing, like they they did for a long time, they weren't getting the response that Jay Uso gets when he does it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like I do think there's a massive disconnect with both of their uh, performances. And I think they need to get that shit together because Bobby's doing fucking everything he can. Yeah, I think one of their one of their biggest like rights one of the, one of the biggest things they did right was when they did pull the crowd in. But a lot of yeah. things that they did alienated the crowd. They did a lot of a lot of stuff for them. Montez, every time he would flip over the ropes when he came into the ring, or he would put someone in a headlock and flip his tongue. And you know, uh, all most of Dawkins, actually all of Dawkins' celebrations, or in a video game, taunts. Right, every time he wants to do a thing, it has nothing to do with bringing the crowd in with them. So we always end up just watching them perform instead of being drawn into what they do. And when you see the same thing over and over and over again, um, you know, it just stops working. Like they used to come through the crowd and the crowd would be hyped to see them come around their side and do all. The, and then when they came down the, the, the entrance ramp, they would still bounce, but not try to bring the crowd in with them. So they do their thing in front of us. They don't pull us in. And I, I think that's the biggest disconnect with, with them. And they haven't changed that either. If you're not going to pull us in, then don't do the things that make it look like you want our attention. There's a lot of, look what I can do, you know? Mm -hmm. Yep, I agree. A lot of, look what I can do. Even that whole, I've even seen people who like the Street Profits talk, start to talk shit about, the, um, about that lip curl thing that he does. So I know I'm not alone in that. Um. Sorry, dude. People hit me up. There's nothing I can do about it. I appreciate what do you think? The wait there. Uh, shouts to Chat Grapple and Cheap Pops. I believe it was um, Chris that said uh, Carrying Cross debuted with the Mid Card Mafia. Put put who? Carrying Cross and AOP are now aptly named the Mid Card Mafia. 
Uh, okay, so yeah, Karrion Cross comes out. He's got a new brunette Scarlet Boudou, although she just goes by Scarlet, I believe now. Uh, uh, what did you think about Paul Ellering? Because that's the first thing you saw was Ellering. I think, well, so again, that's a, a longer response than seeing that, but I think if Paul Ellering does what he does, this can work. Did you, here was my only thought about it is I saw it and I went, oh, that's fucking cool. And then AOP comes out and I was like, fuck yes. Producer lady was all like, what the fuck was that about? Because on the main roster, AOP never had Ellering. He was only with them in their debut. I I think he was there just for their debut and then wasn't for anything else. But yes, no, and then they were on their own and then they were with Drake Maverick and then they were with Seth. Which was dope. The Drake Maverick stuff was dope. (laughs) I hate you. It was dope, dude. They need a third piece that can talk for them and give them some type of, you know, that's why the stuff that was going to happen with Seth was going to be awesome. Because Seth had his bodyguards and his disciples and all that stuff, and then no one could stay healthy. Which, look, again, Clump says it, I'll say it, I am not one to body shame. But these guys don't look like they came back ready to be healthy all the time. Yeah, they came back big. But I think this could be, because I've talked about it before, and I know you've talked about it in episode one, you don't get carrying cross, he's not connecting with you. It just seems like he says stuff, but doesn't back it up. And I keep telling you, I think it's the booking and not even his performance or his verbiage. He can say what he's going to say, and then they just don't allow his booking to follow through. I do think him being a killer mastermind with the assistance of an Ellering to help spin the wheels could be the thing that makes this all work. It could be that as a lone assassin, it was just a crazy guy in the back by himself, right? But now you have a group. You have these two monsters. I'm a singles monster. You've got two. You've got my muse, and you have a, a tag team specialist mastermind. I think you could do a lot with that. Like it feels a little overcrowded in a sense, right? Because you have effectively three talkers. Although Scarlet doesn't talk much, she's kind of meant to be that, right? Manager type. I say let Ellering do a lot of the business stuff. Let Cross say crazy shit and have Ellering get between him and the Paul Heymans and the Nick Aldises and say, let's you and I discuss this. You know what I mean? Like, I think this could be the thing that makes him make sense. I I 100% agree. I I mean, I couldn't agree more. Um, I do think Karrion Cross doing his his roars and his snarls and all that, it's just... It doesn't play well on TV. Um, So that that's one thing that definitely took me out of it. But yeah, I completely agree with you because I don't think his promos add up to what he's really trying to tell. And even I should tick talk. Yeah, well, it leads to nothing. So shut up. You know what I mean? Like we all watch the clock all day. So I get I get both parts of it. Right. Like I don't like what I don't like. But Shinsuke promoing the way he does and losing. I still feel the intensity leading to the match and the match leading to a point where he might win. Oh shit. He lost. You know what I mean? And Cro- that doesn't happen with cross cross. I just don't buy in. I watch the match. He loses. I'm like, good. Okay, let's go. You know? So like that's, but yes, if this can bring it back, absolutely. I loved AOP and NXT. Um, I love Ellering's. I mean, he's so small, 
but he's so demonstrative, right? He can yeah. absolutely bring the heat that needs to come uh, to come with that. So, yeah, I think it's a great pairing, and I do think it has potential. So I won't completely shit on it. But even when uh, Karen Cross tried to do that new finisher, it looks like he almost killed Bobby. We were terrified uh, that he might have killed Bobby. Uh, and I couldn't tell if it was because Bobby's just so heavy because he's just a big motherfucker. But also Cross is so strong that I also wondered if they both miscalculated and assuming the other one was going to carry whatever. But then there was one angle they showed that made it look like they actually were totally fine. His hand is behind Bobby's neck the whole time. So when he flips him, Bobby's head lands on his arm. So it looked what, crazy. It looked like he spiked him, but really yeah. he was tucked up underneath him the entire time. So yeah, it, it looks some insane. weird, some weird TKO F5 DDT thing. It just, yeah, yeah, it was gnarly. So if, so if someone doesn't do their part the right way, it's not going to end well. So, you know, or right. it might be the kind of thing that it just looks like wrestling supposed to look like where you go. Oh my God. Like a pile driver. We see them all the time now, but I still, every time I see one, I, I tense up because I've seen what happens when it's not going right. 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 We've right. seen stone cold hit his head and you watch it and you go, that looks like he just crushed his, his neck watching this. There's a really good chance that those dudes know exactly what they're doing and that one of the safest moves in the business and looks like it's going to kill you every time. And that's the point. So I'm hoping that's what we got. But I agree with you. We watched it a couple of times because I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which on the reverse side, I can't tell if it was AOP just being a little um, a little soft or if it was Street Profits not selling very well. But their finisher, which I remember looking pretty cool in the past, looked a little weak this time. Yeah, yeah, they look like they lacked a bit of strength. Um, but if you go back and watch some NXT stuff, uh, it is kind of a bullshit move. Um, it? Yeah, I, it it doesn't lend well. Um, it, it when they did it in the ladder match, that was dope. But yeah, it doesn't lend. Well. It just goes too slow. I think it's it. Too I slow. Think it, yeah, I think it always has, and this time it was definitely really slow. But part of it is how much that's one thing I know. So how much the opponents arch their back. So when yes. they do touch, how much of the back actually touches is what's part of the, um, you know, the impact that you're you're trying to see. So, yeah. And that's what I wonder if it relies a lot on the opponent to do stuff and sell right, because it did look like instead of look like slamming two guys together, it looked like cheers. Yeah. Like little, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you want it to look like you're running two guys into each other. You'd almost want them to do a bump first. Yeah. And then come back forward for the power bump. You know what I mean? Like it's almost like a two part bump and everyone just is yeah. waiting for the one bump at the end. So I don't know. Maybe they get it together. Maybe they don't. I'm excited about the potential here. Um, That's kind of where, where I'm at with it. Did you have something else you were going to say about it? No. No, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, it could be cool, dude. It could be cool, but it also could fall to shit. So I'm excited to watch just because I like Cross a lot. Um, and and we got to be careful too because there's so many things on TV and they're on the short show, so they have to hit every time they're on TV to build that investment. You know what I mean? Like damage yeah. control, we talked about forever. You know, going up, down, up, down, flounder, 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 and then not until the promo a couple weeks ago, 
you know, did we go, oh, okay, this is something different now. You know, it kind of leads a bit different. So if they can keep going with the promo and keep showing some type of domination, even if it's 15 seconds to three minutes on TV every week, then it will work. But it's the short show, and there's a lot of shit going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had EO Sky against Meechin for the world title, women's title. Um, This was a bad match, man. And there were some really cool spots. Mia taking that f- that face plant on the outside looked sick, but there was so much miscalculation, miscommunication, miss just fucking misses that. This was one of the ones where, as we're watching it, I mean, even you can hear the commentary trying to figure out what they're trying to accomplish. I think they're going for this, maybe that. Like, yeah, I just don't know what went wrong, but it felt like everything. And, dude, I hate to say it because we have a new crew, right? We have a new group of people. But the last time I felt this way about a match, there's two matches that come to mind that that this is right in line with. And that was Peyton Royce's match and Emma's match where they had their title shots. And I went, that's that. If you can't look good in that slot and that opportunity against that opponent, we're not going to see you again. And I was right both times. I don't think I'm right this time. I think that Triple H really likes Meechin. I think Triple H does think differently than Vince does. But there's a lot uphill after this. Um, I agree with you. They they did um a uh, a promo afterwards of Meechin, you know, kind of picking up her intensity and saying how much the uh, the opportunity lost uh, meant to her. So. Um, I didn't like her gear. That bugged me out. Wearing chaps sideways is what it looked like. It was yeah. it was very distracting from, and it looked like she she lacked some mobility in it. Uh, we talked about it years ago, maybe on episode one. It was a thing about Tony Storm, how she wasn't she wasn't being palatable on TV, and it's just because she's never on, never gets a chance yeah. to wrestle. Does it? You know, so that time on TV really needs to pick up to be able to, uh, you know not just for us and our viewing pleasure, but these guys and what they're doing, you know, the timing on TV and under the bright lights in front of the crowds, like these guys need more reps. And we've seen Mia Yim and EO have great matches before, you know? So mm-hmm. it's not like they can't do it. It's not like Mia Yim can't do it. And it's not like EO can't do it separately. So um, hopefully it's just happenstance. Hopefully it's just a, a victim of, you know, it's been a while. They tried, they gave their best, but to your point, yeah, things were just not clicking. I'm uh, I'm hopeful because even when, she, when Meechin came out, I remember thinking like, God, what an amazing thing adding her to the club. I thought it was so good. So perfect. As we get later on, AJ is away from them again and you, okay, well, that's a little bit of a bummer, but like her is with, with the good brothers, I think is so good. And then this match happened and I was just all like, God, uh, the backstage promo though, I really liked with Bailey and Bianca Bailey, super emotive. Um, I'm into it. Do you, do you think Bailey's a favorite to win the Rumble? I've seen a lot of people speculate that, and I can't help but want that, but I just don't know if I feel it. Yeah, I don't. I don't feel it either. Um, you know, again, from the not being able to book predictability standpoint of it, like it'd be great if it happened. You know, mm-hmm. but the last two were so predictable, right? Rhea and Bianca were so predictable. So, 
I don't want it to be someone predictable. We're not, and we're not actually talking about anyone right now. Maybe Becky because she hasn't had anything important. So Bailey would be a good one. Do I believe it? Sure. Um, but um, I think I just think Damage Control has so much other st- uh, stuff to do. <coughs> if Bailey wins, do you think? I mean, she has to challenge for Rhea, right? Like she couldn't challenge for EO, except for if. Well, no, because if you win the Rumble, then then you get first dibs. I'm saying unless somebody already challenged Rhea, but that would have to happen after the fact. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of people want Bailey versus EO at Mania for the title. And I could see that three months ago, but I can't see it now with where we're at. Right. So I don't know. It's interesting. I'm into it. Uh, Tyler Bate and Butch defeated pretty deadly. That was cool. Um, I don't think I have much else to say about it. I wish Tyler Bate would stop wearing underwear. (laughs) <laughs> well he's he a big to, strong boy <laughs> he has a big strong but boy but he still has like underoo lines on his yeah he's got yeah, the they, they... hole on it it's got the Y front <laughs> yeah it's, it's it's a bummer because they, they lean too much into the um, uh, what you call it lean too much into the boy aspect the only thing I'll say is that I was expecting Seamus as yes. a mystery partner but to get um, to get Tyler Bate was awesome because they told a little bit of that on NXT, so there's cohesiveness there. Because even my son, uh, he he really likes Tyler Bate on NXT, and uh, and he likes he likes Pete Dunne too. So when they teamed up uh, in NXT for that uh, for that one match, he's like, "Oh, this is so cool!" Because uh, it was uh, it was with, with uh, Ridge too. So we were calling at home. We were call, calling them the Big Strong Brutes. Mm-hmm. So. When this happened and uh, and Tyler Bate came out, like it, it was a big pop at our house, so it, it's cool. I'll be, again, I'd like to see them stick with it, keep going, continue these stories, you know. Yep. I thought we were going to get Sheamus back, but we didn't. Obviously, Ridge is in NXT. Do you think this is the first or second step in getting Pete Dunn back and Butch gone? Do we think that we're going to go back to a bruiser weight here shortly? And Seamus comes back and says, Hey, Butch, go do your thing. And then he goes, I mean, Pete, give him the old fella and send him on his way. And Seamus goes back to the singles and Pete Dunn as a bruiser weight starts to do a thing. That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Uh, I, I mean, like I do Tyler like Bates showing up is what that meant to me. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they've done that before, right? Where they, they give you the, the inch, to to lead that way and then you know rip the band-aid off the following so i could see that and i would like that to happen it's it's cool when those little moments happen um Mm -hmm. but they might just do it and not say shit that's true too they might just do it and not say shit i like (laughs) but i feel like even with la Knight, they did it right like they did a thing remember he had that whole backstage thing he goes no 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 (laughs) no yeah Fucking Max Dupree, dude. Quick, Max Dupree. Quick, quick shout out to while you do that. Um, uh, what's his name? Chris Van Vlay, who I did get to meet one time uh, and was really cool. Uh, he did an interview recently with LA Knight, and in there he even tells the story about Vince McMahon having this vision for the Maximale models that, that that he didn't share with them, that he didn't get, he didn't understand. Uh, and he said that he felt like it was just. He knew it was going poorly. He felt like Vince had to know it was going poorly. And there was once or twice he walked backstage and said, well, that's going to be it for me, I guess. Uh, 
so just overall a good interview. Uh, it's nice to see LA Knight getting getting in the rounds in, and for people to be appreciating. He just got the uh, the key to the city and his hometown, like just fucking cool. Uh, and as we get into LA night, obviously that goes into, Oh, uh, before we get to the main event, they had this backstage segment with Ashanti, the Adonis coming into the office and seeing Nick Aldis. And I just kept waiting for Nick Aldis to be like, who, who, right. <laughs> and then <laughs> I don't know. It was funny because I'm watching it and, and Ashanti's trying to say all this stuff. And I was like, dude, I don't think that, like no one gets who you are right now and no one knows what you're up to. And what happened to BFAB? Wasn't she just being courted by somebody? Wasn't there a group that was starting to like talk to her? Yeah. Yeah. What, what group was it? Uh it was it was Bobby, right? It was Bobby and the Street Profits. Yes. Bobby yeah. and the Street Profits. Where's BFAB? Yeah. Ashanti's like, I want to prove it. I'm hungry. And Nick was all like, I'm not gonna give you anything because I believe in you. Like, what the fuck ever? But I hope they do something with Shantae. He was really good. He was probably oh, the yeah. best wrestler on that on that whole team. Maybe, maybe more so than Swerve. Swerve is great. Don't get me wrong. I think Swerve yeah. is awesome. But I remember thinking Ashante was kind of wowing me in a way that I thought Swerve was bringing a lot of swag, or I thought Ashante yeah. brought a lot of in ring. <clears throat> Does that make sense? No, absolutely. It's a great point because Swerve was the um, Swerve's best Ashanti style work was when he was with. Um, uh, Tyler Breeze and Fandango as the third there. Like, oh, we just got to watch them wrestle, right? Just go, 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 go. What like Ashanti was doing, and mm-hmm. when you're right, the the swag that Swerve had to get you to buy in to uh, 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 Hit Row. All we had to do, all we were allowed to do for Ashanti the Adonis was watch him wrestle. Yes. So he he wasn't I don't want to say he wasn't allowed but that was his part was the wrestler you know him and Top Dollar would wrestle as a tag or he would wrestle by himself right so yeah I agree with you I think wrestling wise he was the standout performer in that group in ring you know full on character and and all that stuff swear for sure but it definitely I was always impressed by him uh, this particular character work, you can tell, you know, it's been a while since he's had the ability to do it. So yes. um, I won't hold that against him, but it definitely, it wasn't great. And hey, a, a veteran of the business and Nick Aldis, it's, it's still not translating for me. Um, it doesn't, he needs more oomph to him. Let's hope he gets some oomph, dude. <laughs> I'm into it. Uh, let's get to the main event, though. We were talking LA Knight a little bit. Roman Reigns uh, came in and interfered in the LA Knight, AJ Styles, and Randy Orton match. This match was fucking good. And I know that I heard a few people talk a little bit of shit where it felt like Randy Orton and AJ Styles and LA Knight was just there. I just uh, disagree. I thought all three of these dudes were performing on a level that made me think that everyone belonged exactly where they were. Uh, AJ going through his heel phase fucking wrestling in jeans so funny so, so stupid <laughs> his fucking uh vest with the hood is longer and dark without his logo you're like okay <laughs> it's just it's funny because right like you think about it sleeves now too it's just, <laughs> yeah it's, it's got when, suit jacket shoulder pads and shit it's so dumb <laughs> It's so stupid because, like, when you think about him as a kayfabe character, 
he's always had the same style gear that he changes up right yeah yeah so what his character just all like nah just the gloves this time <laughs> like and here's the side note to it is like you've been wrestling in certain gear a certain way for your so entire long. career you don't think you would be more comfortable in what you normally wear now you're all like no jeans and a leather belt ought to do it <laughs> so from a kayfabe standpoint i'm like what are you doing <laughs> and he's still jumping off the ropes and shit like if he was yes if he turned it into just ground and pound you know just beat people mm. up in the ring but even when he does his melee thing where he's you know spins and does this as soon as he did the pele kicking jeans i'm like what the fuck is this guy doing like, just it's so crazy <laughs> oh but then i watched him walk around and i go are you fucking is it that is it triple h is it because we can't blame vince anymore right like this is what heels do. They wear black jeans and black boots. You know what I mean? Like it just it doesn't make sense, man. It doesn't make sense from a guy who's like one of the best wrestlers of all time to suddenly be all like, I don't want to feel comfortable out there. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've been shitting on his gear. As soon as I saw like exactly what he was doing, I'm like, wait, so you put a vest either on or either under or on top of some type of suit jacket so you can have the shoulder pads and roll your sleeves up because it's time to go to work like is it, like you mean it's, business yeah this <laughs> but is you're how still you aj dress? like yeah <laughs> and it's funny he threw the hood back but then didn't put his hands up like i'm heel now and you're just like fuck off dude <laughs> i love it don't get me wrong i loved every Same. second of it but I couldn't help but laugh a little bit at the kayfabe yeah. concept of what the mentality has to be in character. It's There's so ridiculous. Like, come on. Yeah. Come on. Uh, but everyone's like, awesome. You do realize, you do realize you're AJ Styles, right? You no. do? Okay. It's the biggest trust. You're still fucking AJ and you've still been wrestling in the <laughs> same gear. Like, why not just do an all black gear? You he, know what I mean? Yeah, and, and he's done that before. Yeah, well, no, he's done black gear with like white and like black with like blue and stuff. I mean, like do oh, black on black. Yeah, like where the elbow pad had the white logo on yeah. the black, do a black logo on black, so it has the shine to it. Yeah, but it's yeah, just yeah. all black. That'd be fucking cool. Yeah, but no, he went with uh, what he went with, and it was funny to me. But LA Knight got busted open. Uh, AJ went for a little. Uh, little flip ski kind of a deal and it looks like his arm his hand yeah. looks like it scraped his eyebrow right in that spot if you've ever read mcfoley's books i believe it was his first one foley is good no it was the second one have a nice day was his first one i believe in the first one have a nice day was where he mentioned that there's a spot on the brow that's just so thin that if you clip it with a knuckle just a real just sharp kind of down that it bursts open and bleeds everywhere and he said that him and some of his buddies would do that to each other at barbecues uh, where they would just walk up and just kind of right on your eyebrow. And you're just like, oh, God, come on. And it's just beating <laughs> everywhere. Uh, that's where he got hit. And it bled like crazy. And it was pretty yeah. fucking cool to see. But yeah. uh, Charles Robinson, fucking great utilization in here. Crushed it. Yeah. So great. AJ goes and holds his arm up so he can't do the three count. What are you doing? What are you doing? Can't disqualify him, right? Because, you know, for one, there's no DQ. But second, he didn't put your his hand. He didn't hit you. He stopped you. Right. And is it that different from stopping you versus knocking into a dude to stop the count that way? Like, he's just stopping the count. 
And then he gets pulled out, gets thrown aside. He comes back a little bit later trying to go like, come on, guys. He's clearly on the side, like not sure what to do because it's no DQ, but Roman's just kicking the shit out of everybody. Really well done. And at the end of it, Nick Aldis says, when he's done celebrating, tell him congratulations. And Paul Heyman, he's trying to shrug him. He goes, for what? It was because he just earned himself a fatal four-way match against all of these guys at Royal Rumble. And Paul Heyman, in the cartoonish way that he does, gasps <laughs> and looks slowly towards the ring and then slowly back at the camera and puts his hand up like, what will Roman do? I loved it. I loved the drama of it. But it did make me laugh a little bit. Nick Aldis, again, trying to get himself in the main event somehow or another. I, I could tell the look yeah. on his fucking face, the whole match, they would go over to him and that look on his stupid little fucking British face, just fucking stupid little, like, <laughs> should be me in there. Should be me in there. Sees LA Knight in there kicking everybody's ass and goes, should have been me. He's all Dolph Ziggler over there. And it should have been me. <laughs> it should have been me. That's why I see whenever I see Nick Aldis look at the, the great LA Knight. Yeah. Sorry, what were you gonna say about the thing? <laughs> no, I hey, I was just listening, brother. Um, I tell you what, uh, on the Nick Aldis point again, this guy's not used to being on TV. Just like when he got RKO'd by Randy, you know, you saw him kind of force his way into it. It wasn't his time to walk over to Paul Heyman yet, and he's like walking into Paul Heyman's back to get to make sure he says this thing on TV because this is my line. This is my time to shine. Give it a beat, man. Let it run. They're not focused on you yet. They're not going to miss your moment. They know more about this than you do. You are the new piece here. You're not going to miss your moment, man. Just relax. And if you go four seconds too long, they're still going to catch it. But he's he he wants to make sure he hits that mark. It's he's he he's always in frame way too quick because we're seeing things from him we're not supposed to see. We're not supposed to see him be this close to Paul Heyman's back before he turns around to say, hey, hey, Paul, Paul. And then Paul turns around like it's that's not what we're supposed to see. But we see it because he doesn't know where the fuck to be. He doesn't have the internal <sighs> clock of it. He's he wants to be the guy who you can count on to get his shit done in time. Yeah. But one of the things Bruce Richards talked about in his podcast before was that Shawn Michaels was the guy you gave something to when you need him to do something uh, with two seconds left. You know, because the internal clocks for some of these guys was just insane. So it's one thing to say, like, hey, you got to get this done in the next two minutes. And then they do it. And you're like, well, now we got a minute and 45 left. So right. run it down. It's another thing to say, hey, you got two minutes and it seems to be done right before we go off the air. And then at 158, it happens. And then it's, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And then they cut it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And Nick's not that guy. He's not no. that guy to get it done right before. He's that guy to get it done and then give you a ton of time to kill afterwards. And he goes, well, I got my yep. shit done. Time. Yep. But now yep. you made everyone else have to figure out a way to fill in time. Yeah, for sure. And I just don't believe his energy. His He's too, he's too even keel to one note. Um, and I mean, look, again, we'll see how it plays out. He's on my TV, so I can't change that. I'm not yeah. going to stop watching the show because he's on it. So I just would like to see him be more... Um, <laughs> more better. <laughs> you know, it's um, funny. I think Adam Pierce has gotten worse over time. I think Nick Aldis has the potential to get better over time. And I like this Adam Pierce compared to the old one. Really? This Adam yeah. Pierce, 
Well, I mean, I guess I don't even remember him this last week. Uh, I he's don't been a bit either. cartoonish. The last couple months, he's been cartoonish. Yeah. like that. His yeah. whole war games <laughs> thing, I fucking hated. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's fucking. Oh, oh yeah, I guess I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Yep. oh yeah, he was backstage <laughs> with uh with our our truth. We'll talk about them. Uh, also, yeah, real... go ahead. Go ahead. I, I didn't get a chance to comment on the match. Sorry, hijacked the yeah, show. I was going to say, go back to the show or go back to the yeah. match. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I thought it was great, and I was trying to look for that spot uh, that Ellen and I got cut open. Um, I did, I did think their storytelling was was really cool. You know, stopping the pinfalls from happening, and you know, it would have been nice to get the clean win because I believe it was you that predicted on an episode one that. You know, this is leading towards a fatal four-way, and to get the uh, the triple stack and smash uh, would be a little too much. But it also could be a way to get this title off of of Roman. But it just doesn't feel like that's where we're going. I just don't. It. I don't. Number one, didn't like hoodie Roman. I thought it made him look too too boxy instead of you know uh, mm. muscular. You know, so I, I mean. We'll see what happens. I just I, I lost my excitement because now you have a funky match with four people that anything can happen in a uh I don't know. It just it feels it feels like a gratuitous out, if you will. Yeah, and it also feels like this is I know that uh shout out sam roberts on his podcast he's talked about how he thinks that roman's going to carry the title through wrestlemania again because there's just too many contenders and he doesn't think triple h books on accident right so if you have a bunch of people who have a gripe with roman then that means that there's a lot of people who they have stories that they are looking forward to completing right and i get that mentality but this fatal four way does feel like a way to get three out of the way you know what i mean it doesn't feel like, hey, how do we keep three more going? This felt a lot like, hey, instead of having one keep going and two on the shelf, let's just crush all three real quick. Yeah, yeah, it's, which I don't and think it's is a, way, a really bad thing. No, for sure. And I was, I was thinking about that too. Like, it's also a way to add fuel to AJ versus LA Knight for WrestleMania. Yes. You know, so there is a way. There's definitely a way to do that. Um, Another reason why I don't fantasy book after coming up with great ideas like Randy versus Roman is the chance that it doesn't happen because then I'll be disappointed because I am looking forward to that and I am looking forward to Randy beating Roman because it just makes sense. But if you do this in a way where, let's say, uh, Roman pins L.A. Knight after a, a phenomenal forearm to L.A. Knight and an RKO to AJ Styles. You know, like whatever it has to do. And then LA Knight takes the loss, but AJ was the last one to actually hit him. Yes, you're building that, but at the sake of not having this championship match. But now Randy goes and does what? You know, and then Roman, he goes down his rock path or what have you. So I can see where Sam is correct in this instance where, okay, these contenders, they no longer have a shot heading into Mania. But then what do you do with these guys? These guys also need something to do. Yeah, that's true. I could see a world where where LA Knight hits Roman with the BFT. AJ gets in between, like pulls LA Knight right off the pin. And uh, uh, I mean, he doesn't have like a strike move from a stand-up position, right? So I could see him just like pulling LA Knight out of the ring, right? 
You're in a pin. He pulls LA Knight right out, slides in, and as he slides in to go for the pin, Aunt Randy Orton, boom, RKO's AJ, pins AJ. And then that's how the, the Randy Orton gets the title. LA Knight gets screwed by AJ, who was about to beat Roman. And now Randy beat AJ. And now Knight is like, AJ, you fucked me, and you didn't even get it. You know what right. I mean? Like, right. I could see that leading into an LA Knight versus AJ Styles, Randy versus Cody, and Roman going on to The Rock. Because I still feel like all it takes is one fucking promo for The Rock to say, you've been so tied up about being the universal champion. I'm being the head of the table that you haven't realized that being the head of the table is about being the people's champion. That universal title doesn't mean what you think it means. Right. You know, let them figure that out and fight for who's best in this company. Cause right now you're not even best in this family. And like, and then you make it a personal beef that has to do with family has to do with head of the table has to do with people's champion. And, uh, and then you can move along, you know? Yeah. That's that. And that's the way to go about it. If, this is happening at WrestleMania. That's the other thing, you know. Is, true, are they gonna are they gonna do it over three months? Are they gonna do it over you know nine months and or seven months and bring it out to to SummerSlam? Are they gonna? So I you know, but I think I think the meat's right here, and I say this way too often, but if they ran with all these things that are right in front of us right now, that at WrestleMania we can have such a hard reset that we can move into a new era of something to watch. You know, a a brand new playground, a brand new sandbox for all of Triple H's toys to really flourish. And that's something that happened this past year with the women's division kind of going on a reset. That if we can bring that same energy into mania that coming out of it, I mean, the tags divisions could look different on both men and women. The the heavyweight title picture and the universal title picture can look different. Uh, Intercontinental title. We we haven't even fantasy booked anything about you know, Gunther and, and how that's going to look going forward. You know, and that's such a bit, been such a massive part of raw, um, you know, it, man, if they just pull the trigger on the hot stuff right now for the next three months, we really could just boom into a new era of what wrestling could be.